Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello, and welcome to episode 51 of Endurance Horse Podcast. We are soon wrapping up our fourth year of Endurance Horse Podcast and trotting strongly into 2022, which will be year five of the podcast. Endurance Horse Podcast first aired in March of 2018. We have averaged 12 episodes per year and have stayed free and commercial free for all of our listeners. And most importantly, I hope Endurance Horse Podcast is known as a place on the airwaves that always champions the horse and rider, no matter what place they come in. I know the AERC motto is to finish is to win, though I believe that just saddling up and showing up takes a ton of courage. And I will always champion you for trying, for daring to place your heart and your horse at the starting line. So about today's episode, it is always a joy to get to talk with Tavis riders, and especially one that is also a part of our Warhorse Endurance family. So many of us at Warhorse Endurance were following today's guest. We were so thankful to have the volunteers posting updates so we could follow along all day and all night and really loved having the Tavis 2021 online tracker. So I have to pose a question to you. Can you imagine training, traveling, towing the line at Tavis and being roughly two miles from the finish line and finding out that your day was over. That is exactly what happened to our next guest, Lynn Atchison of Washington State. Lynn's horse banner has a distinctive look to him with his bright coloring. He's a paint horse, but he's listed as a Corab on there. But Lynn always shares these beautiful pictures I've admired his photos that she shares on Facebook for some time. I was surprised to learn that Banner was 21 years old. Unfortunately, Lynn and Banner's ride took a turn for the worse. On the tracker, officially, they have being just shy of 98 miles. You're invited to listen in while Lynn and I chat about how she got into horses, endurance, and her 2021 Tevis ride with Banner. Without further ado, I bring to you Episode 51 of Endurance Horse Podcast. Today on Endurance Horse Podcast, we're speaking with Lynn Atkinson. This was her first attempt at Tevis in 2021. Um, Unfortunately, she had a pull at mile 98, and we will get to that a little bit later on. But first... Lynn, welcome to the podcast. And how did you get into horses? Well, I've been, I got a pony when I was four, like every other country girl. <laughs> <laughs> four older brothers. And um, we lived on a farm. We had a, a dairy farm. And basically, that was my babysitter. And through the years, I would green break horses for a neighbor. He had pulling pull ponies. And, um, I mean, I've probably broke a hundred horses. I, that's my specialty. I do put the first 30 days on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always been kind of scrappy and I've always <laughs> rode, but I took a 32 year break. 
Mm. Um, being an adult, you know, having kids and moving. And so I've only been back into horses the last eight years uh, after that break. And I just jumped in with both feet. So how did you find about endurance? Was that after your break or was that before? Were you aware of endurance before or when did that come into your life? I had never heard of endurance before in my life. Um, I moved here into Lyle, Washington, up in High Prairie. And that's a neighbor across the street. And she's a character. Uh, and she took me to click attack truck. And I didn't even know what endurance was. And I went there and we did the trail ride. And I said, well, what are they doing? And she said, oh, they're doing a 25-mile. And I said, really? Because I can do 25 miles. <laughs> and I spent the night in her van. And the next morning I did 25 miles. <laughs> and... Uh, and that was the beginning of it. I was like, that was easy. But in all reality, I was very sore after each LD for a couple of years. So what is your favorite thing about endurance that has kind of made you stick with it? I don't know. I love to be out there. And it's probably where I live. I live in the best place in the world mm-hmm. to train. In fact, uh, Tavis was easy for my horse because mm-hmm. I have worse elevation change than them. <laughs> He did look good. All the pictures and videos I saw of him, I don't even know if he was sweating. <laughs> he just looked amazing. He's not sore or anything. He, I never had to rinse him with cold water. I never had to come in. He was always at 56, 52, 48, 44, whatever it was. He was low all day. Um, we had no idea he was injured approximately mile 30. He held that so well. I mean, he is a true war horse. He's a pure just can't even believe it he's strong so yeah it's where I live I mean that's what I do I go out and you know I'll climb 3,000 feet in eight miles that's my normal um not everybody has that can you tell me about Banner just how long you've had him I know he's 21 you mentioned um to me previously that he's 21 years old and he came through Tavis other than this injury that you're going to talk about later but um he's just didn't look like he was putting in an effort. He must be an amazing horse. Yeah, he is. He it was nothing to him. I mean, it was it was you know coming up that one canyon. I'll be honest. I mean, that was, we plowed right up it, but uh, he didn't have any issues. Um, so I got about after I did my first endurance ride because I, I was on a Missouri Fox Trotter, and he was very fluffy. He wouldn't pull down at the end. It took him 28 minutes, and I came straight home and said, "I got to get me an Arabian." <laughs> And I wasn't crazy about purebreds. They seemed a little high strung and small, like narrow. And my first impression of them, just mm-hmm. you know, a little bit. So I got I looked for a half half Arabian and I had a small budget. So I was looking at horses on Dream Horse for two thousand dollars and less. Mm-hmm. Ended up seeing this this ad and what it said was Banner is looking for his next adventure buddy. Ooh. Huge float. Don't he doesn't want to be pampered. He just wants to be a horse or something. It was very similar to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to pick up a free horse that was 25 years old, a little Arabian mare for our granddaughter. And on the way back, we said, "Oh, let's just sweep by and look at this horse." You know, we're in the neighborhood, and I was like, we pulled up, and there he was, standing ground tied. And uh, so I got on him and. Can't say it was my favorite horse. I didn't want him. Hmm. I was out there. He was 
I could tell he wanted to crow hop a little bit because I had squeezed him with my legs. And so when I got back, I told Stuart, I said, yeah, I'll pass. And he said, he said, load him up. I already bought it. He bought $1,500. Oh, wow. And we loaded him up and I liked him. I just wasn't sure I wanted that something that feisty because hmm. when you get on him, he feels like he's going to explode. Um, he moves like a panther. There's nothing like him. His whole body, he just swings that shoulder and hip. But yeah, he's a lot of horse. How long have you had him now? Six years. Yeah, I didn't want a young horse for endurance because, you know, it takes so many years to build up their ligaments, mm-hmm. tendons, and bones. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion... Uh, it was the best thing I could have did was look for that older horse. And now that I'm more educated, I got younger horses and I know how to bring them up. But had he been younger, you know, the way I, the way I ride and where I ride would have been too much. Mm-hmm. So he was the perfect horse for me. So never look past that 15-year-old horse because they got a lot of life left in them. Can you share how your ride went? He was perfect. He didn't, I never had to hold him back. I never had to ask him to go forward. I never had to choose his gait for him. He knew we were walking or we were trotting and we were doing it slow and we just got her down. You know, it just, it's just what my horse was made for. I mean, he's been doing this Mm -hmm. for fun for the last six years. You know, we'll go out on an eight mile ride and just jam it Mm -hmm. and do, do so much more than we had to do there. Um, but I wouldn't do a hundred miles at my house if you paid me. How did you get into hundreds? Well, actually you do fifties and you know, if you want to show up, you can show up and do well. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that so much, but it was getting to be getting so fast, you know, we're mm-hmm. doing five hour fifties and I really wanted to slow it down. It got old, you know, mm-hmm. you get tired of, get tired of always knowing that, you know, you know who's going to beat you from the beginning. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just a fact. You always know where you're going to place. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just got to be where I knew that the people that were going really fast and, you know, I was never going to be that person. I was never going to do 100 fast. So I just slowed it down and used it, did it like a trail ride. I like that. You just take your time and spend the day with your horse and you're not hurrying. And it's just, I like it better. I'm not sure how many hundreds a year one should do on a horse. Mm-hmm. That's another that I'm having to find out for myself. Mm -hmm. So at first I thought I would only do hundreds, but I don't think you really can do that. I think it's not, not going to work. How did uh, Tepas become one of your goals? It it really didn't. It was just one of those things where why not, you know, (laughs) why not? Um, I don't know. My friends did it actually. Jamie Hughes did it and she's, and so did, I could list off about eight people and every one of them told me, Lynn, you would rock Tevis. It's going to be so easy for you because they come here and ride. And so they all told me it's not going to be a problem for you. And they were right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy ride. It just is easy for him. Because of where you live and the difficulty of the Washington State Trails? I don't know. He's just an incredible horse. I mean, there's no way around it. It's taken me years to get my other horse to be half the horse this mm-hmm. horse is. He's like a mountain goat. Can you tell us what <laughs> happened at about mile 98 and how that went? What happened? Well, yeah, um, at mile 98, we were coming in, and and I don't know. I felt like he wanted to walk a little bit more, and I knew we still had plenty of time to get in. So we were going just a little bit slower, and a few people passed us. We went across No Hands Bridge, and um, 
we went across and the trail led straight and he went straight and up this little part and then and then he took a right and it looked like a path um but the actual trail turned right right at the road and we didn't know Mm. and there wasn't like the habits i don't know if you know this but there's not you know there's not a lot of glow sticks there's not a lot of stuff i mean it could be Trust me, there's the least glow sticks of any ride I've ever been to by 10. It's crazy, but it seemed to work out. It seemed to work out all day long. We were following everything. It was going good. So we took that right, and there was like four feet of trail, because I could see because he has glow sticks on his breast collar. And then there was a tree, and so I squeezed him through it, and then everything just went to shit and crumbled. I mean, it was just the ground fell away. And it was just big boulders and loose rock. And so we stumbled down about another you know, 12, 15 feet at the most mm-hmm. and uh, stopped. And I asked, I still thought we were on a trail. I thought it was just a bad trail. And I tried to get him to go forward and he refused. So I got off and when was looking and I noticed that about four or five, six feet in front of us was a sheer drop off down to the road. Mm. And I was crumbling. And so I stood there and I was thinking, I was panicked. After a couple minutes, I thought, shit, I got to get this horse turned around. And I still didn't know he was hurt. And so I went to the back, on the other side of him and went under his neck. And I asked this horse, I asked him, he has to turn around. And so I asked him and he just hopped up and leaped over on his ass and just turned around right on the trail and as soon as he came down hard, that was it. Bam. His leg came up and he was just, he wouldn't ever put it down again. Hmm. And I, I thought he broke his leg. Oh, God. So, so I'm there and I'm scared and I'm just, so I just started yelling for help. You know, I'm like, help. Somebody help me. And I was just yelling as, just as loud as I could. And uh, finally, somebody was walking up and saying, where are you? Can I help you? Or I don't know what he was saying. But uh, he came up and looked at the situation and said, oh, shit. (laughs) I'm going to call it in. And he called and got the ball rolling. Hmm. Thank God he was out there. Yeah, and I could hear the other riders passing by, and I was yelling to them. But, you know, they're riding by. They're an endurance race. They're running. They, They can't help me. So, yeah, I was really lucky that we had a crew down there because I, the riders could hear me, but there was nothing they could have done. You know, they, they couldn't have. They needed to keep going. Yeah. So I wasn't trying to get the riders involved, and I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it, they came pretty quickly, and they really was pretty good about the rescue effort. They was amazing to watch what they did. They took rope and made a mesh net. Uh, all through the trees beside us, that they were small trees, and uh, just basically made it to where if that horse got out of control, it wouldn't couldn't fall to its death. You know, couldn't fall down. So, um, but he, we couldn't get him to go no matter what. So we had to call a vet in, and they had to give him paint. They had to block his leg. Okay. You know, well, I don't know, numb it, numb mm-hmm. the leg, and then after we waited about ten minutes, and then he was he did hop up. And after a few steps, I think he realized that the pain wasn't excruciating anymore. And so we got him, they got him down. But by that time, it was daylight. So we got him up out of there and put a, the vet from uh, Tavis was awesome. 
I wish I knew her name. It's just one of those things where in emergencies, you don't really, you know, everything got fuzzy. Mm. (laughs) But she was Mm. very good. And uh, she so she put something on his foot to stabilize it because they thought they were thinking coffin bone fracture because mm. the back of his heel bulb had a cut. Nobody knew about this stick that had been jabbed in there because we saw blood before mile 30. And uh, when we finally got transported to the emergency and I had Stuart come up and, of course, you know, get everything situated with the credit card and all that. And then uh, we were out there in the parking lot and she comes out with a rubber glove holding a stick and shaking her head apparently she was uh palpating the wounds and the one on the top of the coronary band she felt something hard in there oh wow and she pulled out and that stick as long as my index finger uh was stuck i thought it went up the leg but it, it now that people have read stuff anyway it didn't go up the leg it went down into the hoof Ooh. From the top, and it was there all day. Oh, wow, day banner! Wow. And so she said, you know, had this not been found, it would have. Uh, it was tickling the coffin joint, and um, had that not been found right then, and we let it go, uh, it would have probably ended up very grim for him, like maybe life-ending, because mm-hmm. you can't. Once they get an infection in the bone, mm-hmm. it's it's over for him anyway. It's it. it it was just such a blessing in disguise. I mean, you just, it saved my horse's life. I would have good, bad luck. I got it. He went to the vet clinic and they found that and they irrigated the wound. And so how is Banner's prognosis now? 100%. Yeah. How's he doing? He's perfectly fine. You said, you told me uh, online he was pulling you around now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. When you go to lead him, that's why I rode him all through Tevis because I got off one time to lead him and he just plows you over he's just a powerhouse he wants to go fast he wants to walk seven miles an hour you know it's just, he just it's crazy he's just i don't know i had to ride him because i couldn't lead him like i wanted to lead him sometimes to be nice to him but do you have any advice for riders i mean you know you said you're bringing your other horse along you know banner's a little bit of an exception but if somebody was going to ride tavis do you have any hints for them to make the cutoffs or or what to do with the vet checks. Overall, our podcast is more of a story podcast, but the riders do yeah. sometimes like a little bit of advice and um, tips and tricks. Well, I would definitely uh, be doing your hill work. You know, you've got to have a fit horse to be to, have it, to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go to test unless you're ready, unless your horse is everything's perfect. If it's been having an issue that year, wait till the next year. You know, any little thing is going to be bigger at Tevis. Any problem you have is going to be exact, you know. So you just, you need to have your horse fit. You need to make sure your horse is hydrated. Don't start the ride with a, a bee skin tint. Mm-hmm. You need to do what you got to do to start right and get your tack right. Show up. Try to get to the first vet check hour, hour and a half ahead of, ahead of time because you're going to lose time from then on. You're never going to be able to keep the whole hour ahead because mm-hmm. um, it does get tougher. And just don't. Don't hurry and don't waste time. Don't waste any time and don't go down to that river if you don't have to. That'll save you 20, 20 minutes at minimum. You know, I blew by a bunch of people just because I didn't go down to the river. They said there's water afterward, but my horse wasn't hot. So mm-hmm. horses were overheating left and right, and he never got hot all day. That saved me some time. Yeah, and if you're going up that steep canyon, let him take a breath. You know, let him go a couple zigzaggers and take a, you know, three or four second break and 
you know, go on and take a break and just take it slow and easy and get it done. And, you, and any horse can do it. You just take your time. That's all. And electrolyte more often. So do a half a tube every, you know, hour and a half or whatever. But just, yeah, just know you're going to go through a lot of electrolytes or whatever. Do you make your own electrolytes? No, I've been using Restore because Mm -hmm. it has a stomach buffer. You get the powder because it's cheaper and mix powder with applesauce Mm -hmm. and do it that way at the trailer and stuff like that because uh, the tubes can get quite pricey, my own in that way. What do you carry with you going down the trail? I'm a minimalist, so I carry two Gatorades, a great big water. I carry BCAA, two tubes of uh, electrolytes, a couple protein bars, piece of candy, CBD candies. I really like those for pain. Um, and five-hour innards, always two of those. That's it. Farriers at the vet checks, and you have them check your nails and your clenches. I did, and I needed his back left reclenched, leaving Robinson's flat. And it's a good thing that I had them check. So, yeah, they set you up at Tevis for success. I mean, they're there trying to help you. Everybody wants you to succeed. And everybody jumps in where needed. One of the people I interviewed this morning, they had said that the, there was a huge staff of volunteers there that every time she came in, they were there to help her with her horse, hold her horse if she needed to go take care of herself. And that she just was floored by just how awesome the volunteers are there. Yeah. And you know what really, really surprised me because I was shocked coming into Forest Hill. Holy moly. I, I've never seen so many people cheering and yelling and screaming. And, oh, it was just wonderful. I mean, it was just like, oh, threw me back. I just, <laughs> people were so, and my horse was like, I think his CRI was like 48, 44 at that point. I mean, he was so low that that one of the vets said, is he even alive? <laughs> and that was with no water dumping or nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the horse, yeah. But if you need help at Tevis, they'll help you, anybody. And if you need help and you get in trouble, uh, apparently all you have to do is ask for help. Did you have any parting thoughts or what? anything you would do differently for next time? Do your homework. Um, do your horse proud. You, you know, another you know, way you F- could say that, Lynn, is you could say do your hill work. Do your hill work, that's for sure. Oh, and something else people don't talk about often. So if you think you're going to show up early to get your horse ready for Tevis because of the elevation change, you better show up three weeks early or show up the day before like I did. Hmm. That's the only way because otherwise the elevation will get to your horse by day three and you'll be getting pulled. So, you know, it's a show up right before or show up long enough before, you know, three weeks before or a day before. Don't show up five days before your horse will be dragging. They don't have time enough. You either have to give them time to acclimate or show up so, you know, right before, and that way they don't have a chance for it to affect them yet. Yes, and I walk. My my average uh, speed when I train is 3.5 mile an hour. You know, the person I spoke with before you, she stressed the the point of walking hills because she said we, at, she said at Tevis you're not they're so long they're like you know you you just might hit this huge stretch of incline you're not going to trot the whole thing you know and she said that was well I trot miles and miles and miles at my house to get ready for Tevis but I walked them at Tevis yep we walked a lot. <laughs> What's interesting about that is the the one one person had said that because they had trotted hills, their horse had a hard time walking them because it was different muscles. Ninety percent of the ninety five percent of the time, I walk them. It's not all the time. 
But, you know, I get off at home and walk down half the hills just because it's good for me. But at Tevis, I didn't get off but one time, and he went over the top of me and off and almost got himself hurt. And so I was like, you know what, buddy, you can't not run me over, then we won't do this. So I had to ride him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't, you can't really teach a dog, an old dog, too many new tricks. So I just let him be him, and that's what the girl, she loves, we're still friends. She says, yeah, just let him be him. Just let him be a horse. And so, yeah. I hope to see you back next year and we can we can chat again next year. Yeah. Just showing up is is something, you know. Most people can't even. Everything's lady luck's got to be on your side. and um, But I just don't, I didn't try to place. I didn't try to do anything but just finish. That was my goal, just to finish. <laughs> and I feel like we did that. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like we, we, I don't know, I'm, I'm really satisfied and I'm really happy. Um, you've got to go in there with that, that, you're, that your chances are you're going to fail. Um, and you just have to do every mile by mile and enjoy it. And, you know, don't ever be upset by getting pulled at an endurance ride because that's part of the game. Yeah, you know? that is so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll just have to come back and try again. Yeah. Thanks so much for chatting with me. And um, okay. I hope, hope to talk with you again soon. Yeah, thank you. Have Thanks, a great day. Thanks, You too. Bye. We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.